The Better Business Analysis Institute presents the Better Business Analysis podcast with Kingsman Walsh. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Better Business Analysis podcast with Benjamin Walsh. And today we're going to be talking about something that's actually quite important. It's something I haven't really focused on in my own career. Um, uh, Only recently have I focused on that uh, with the Better Business Analysis Institute and my personal profile as being an advocate, you know, an, an owner, and also a coach. So what we're going to talk about today is your brand, your brand as a BA. Um, it depends what market you're in, um, whether or not your explicit kind of online brand makes much of a difference. Um, however, I would say that regardless of where you live, what market you're in, this will help yourself uh, understand your inner workings a bit better. And we'll also uh, clarify to those who interact with you, um, you know, uh, what your brand is and what it is that you stand for. Okay, so we're going to talk about 10 great tips for building your personal brand as a BA. And we're going to talk about leveraging LinkedIn and networking and thought leadership. These are all great places to start. So we're going to go through those 10 and I'm going to give you some top tips and maybe even some references about where you can go in terms of building your personal brand. And if you're not a business analyst or not a business analyst yet, um, this still applies to you. Everyone should have a working brand that they work with. Okay, you've got your personal brand, uh, which is usually quite loose. Uh, it used to kind of be Facebook was your kind of personal brand for some of us. Um, but this is your, this LinkedIn is almost the one um, online presence for your CV and your representation of you as your kind of business profile. And we're going to talk about uh, utilizing that. When I worked at a consultancy and I had, you know, a lot of staff under me, um, one of the things that I found quite frustrating from a manager of this team was that a lot of the staff members, the consultants, their profile on LinkedIn was uh, not where it should be. Uh, they didn't always have photos. I obviously encouraged my team to do that, and they they followed that direction. They didn't. I really they were an extension of the company, so I really wanted them to have their surety branding. And they even, in terms of their job description and then what they stood for, it wasn't really up to date. Their CV was generally poor, as in the CV portion of LinkedIn, which is, you know, your living uh, CV. That's how I generate my CV these days. I don't I don't keep it in a Word document. And that was generally poor. It didn't really describe what their experience was. So we're going to talk a bit, a bit about that. That's the LinkedIn side of things. But it's really important to make sure that that's, um, that's you know, reflects what you do. Um, if you don't have a photo, if you have no experience, then people can actually that can actually be an uh, off-pot. When I was a hiring manager on the flip side where I was hiring staff, if people didn't have a photo and they were a BA, and I only mean this for BAs, I was actually, that put me off as well. Uh, the reason for that is that presentation, the ability to present and to have some confidence, even a fake confidence, even of learned confidence, even, you know, fake it till you make it. If you're not 
willing to have a professional photo, by the way, uh, you know, not when I say professional photo, I just mean one that looks professional, not one necessarily taken by a professional, but the better the photo, the the better image you're presenting. Um, they, if you don't have a photo on your LinkedIn, I, I, I know this, it, it could sound shallow to some of you. For me, it means that you're not willing to put yourself out there. There's something that could mean that you've got, you know, anxiety or you're an introvert and you're not pushing yourself out there. So specifically for BAs who don't have photos, for me, that's a bit of an alarm bell. Now, I don't, I don't take that as a fact. I then, during the interview, maybe ask the question about why they don't have a photo, you know, and, and you know, how do they present to other people and do they think their brand's important? But I would say I would mark them down if there was a score of 100 there would be one mark off for not having your photo on LinkedIn. Not having a LinkedIn profile, again, would be a mark off. So um, just think about that. That's just my experience. Uh, and I'll talk about uh, any other stories I have as we walk through the 10 great tips for building your personal brand as a business analyst. So let's start with the number one. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, kind of a why and a what and a when and how use a bit of a BA structure. The number one, um, and this is really important is define your BA niche and value proposition. So we talk about the fact that BA is a long spectrum of different disciplines where, you know, you have technical BAs on one end, you have customer design BAs on the other, you have product BAs. You have agile BAs, you have, um, you know, pure waterfall BAs, which are, which are still needed, and that you have internal BAs and the consultants and external BAs, you have seniors, you have juniors, you have intermediates at different levels, uh, and you have those that just work on projects, and you have those that just work on improvement. So that's a whole range of different BAs. So what are you? Or well, what do you want to be if you're not a BA yet? Or if you are a BA yet, where do you want to move to? What's your niche? So my niche, uh, my niche skill when I do business uh, analysis as a consultant, my niche is more in what I would call the business architecture space or in BA world, uh, enterprise and strategic analysis. My niche is being good there. I'm an enterprise BA is the role. Uh, I work across the um, across programs and across the enterprise. Now, it's not really a seniority thing. It kind of is like a senior plus role, but there are seniors who don't call themselves enterprise BAs who work just on projects, who are, who are just as skillful, if not more skillful, at business analysis. But where I play is that it's the space I play in, and that's my niche, Okay. And my value proposition is that not many people play in that space. There's a few people that play in it. Uh, you have to have years of experience to kind of be able to deal with uh, the environment. And you also have to be able to deal with senior leadership. And it is a, it's an overlap with business architecture, which is usually owned uh, or done extremely badly and usually owned by a technical architect. So there is a bit of a, a value that because I come from a process side, I know enough about technology and I can intertwine both business analysis uh, and architecture and, you know, product management and design and look at business models. So that's my value proposition. I can do that very quickly 
um, you know, to the 80%. I have tools and techniques that I use. I uh, have a whole lot of reference material that I'm able to pull on and I can actually rapidly do that quite confidently. And I've done it a number of times, both as a consultant for businesses who are big and small, and I've done it for large government departments. So I've got a track record. So that's my value proposition. That is, if I was doing a lean canvas or I was writing like, what am I good at? Um, and it's hard to say, like, I sound cocky saying that. I, I'd never promote myself. But when it comes to my business profile, you need to think about what are you great at? Or out of all, the, if you don't look at yourself that way and if you're a bit down on yourself, of all the things you do, which ones are you the best at? Okay, which one and, and there's an and there with the Venn diagram, and you enjoy. Okay, so I am particularly uh, good, for example, at writing a business case or putting a PowerPoint presentation together uh, around a, a project. Now, and writing requirements. I don't necessarily love those 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 bits, but it's been a necessity for me to be able to, you know, be a great BA, and I've learned to do those. But I'm also dyslexic, so my writing isn't isn't the best. So, you know, I wouldn't say that is my niche. And, um, you know, I can teach someone in, through my coaching sessions in about three months to probably be better at it than I am. What, why, do, why do you think it's important to define your BA niche and your value proposition, knowing that your niche can change and evolve? Why? Well, as we talk about in the world of BA quite often, is it's around clarity, okay, which is the key word that I've stolen from someone I've worked with or uh, knew and worked with uh, in terms of uh, presentations clarity so it, if you define your niche and value proposition it clarifies your focus right and it's like a product you've defined what your value proposition is your focus what your energies are what problem you're solving and it attracts the right audience when i went to the uk when i was about 22 23 i traveled from new zealand to london and i had been a business systems analyst in some ways, some BA work, but mainly mainly the systems analysis, technical BA, if you like. And when I landed in U the UK, uh, and I wanted to look for work, uh, I went to see a few recruitment agents. And they looked at my CV and said, oh, okay, so you're a technical BA. I said, no, not really. I kind of do business analysis and systems analysis. And they go, well, you need to define within the world of BA or the world of technical architecture, or if you like, or technical BA, um, what you are. And I struggled with that. I said, well, I do both. And they, that was not the right answer. What, what The UK market is so much bigger, especially in London, that people were looking for specific terms. If you didn't have technical BA, maybe even the systems and applications you were good at. So if you're a technical BA, it might have been, I'm really good at Microsoft products or Navision or Salesforce. And Salesforce was still a baby at, at, at that time. Um, so, you know, they needed to promote me. So I had to kind of choose. And it kind of felt like I was cutting off a bit of my skill and my experience just to focus on that area. But that's how they work. And then a lot of the recruitment matching is done through keywords. So if you, you match, you get to the top of the pile. And if you don't match, then you're never seen. So I had to, you know, they kind of uh, rewrote my CV, much to my... Uh, discussed at the time but it makes sense on reflection now so it targeted my audience 
And then what happened when they did, you know, cut down my CV and, and channel me into one area, which was actually systems analysis, was I got a gig straight away, right? And so, you know, there was one role here, um, which was specifically at a company called what was Vialtis at the time, later Daisy Communications. And they owned 123.reg, uh, and they also owned Hypercolor T-shirts, and they also owned what was called Wi-Fi Max that they were trying, which I think is now defunct. So they, this was a bunch of entrepreneurs, and they owned all these companies. And Vialtis had assets in Europe, uh, both the UK and Europe, which were mobile phone assets, uh, or, or sorry, telecommunication assets. And what Vialtis did was repackage those and sell them on. And because of the complexity of the billing behind that, and because of the complexity of the systems that they had and the relationships they had, um, we used a customized Microsoft Navision product to do that. Uh, and then later on, with the customer side from the support and the sales team, um, we ended up integrating and rolling out Salesforce. Um, so I had some background, quite, quite a lot of background, early days Salesforce, uh, where actually the uh, CEO of the company came over and, and, and uh, sold the product to us at the time. So my, I, I experienced some great things and I got a job straight away and did some interesting stuff. Uh, but in, in London, I was a systems analyst and, you know, and, and at that point, I really made it really clear to my manager the time the IT manager that I wanted to be a business analyst and he was really promoting that I should be an architect based on my skills and that was a time you know maybe I was 24 or something at that time which was really a, a career defining moment for me uh, I wanted to get close to the customer because I thought that's all that mattered and I still believe that and then you know and he said well you know you've got so many skills in architecture you've integrated these products you understand systems and so um, you know, that, that uh, maybe I chose my own, my wrong focus at the time, uh, but that's what I chose to do was to go into the BA side. Um, now, the other thing that that allows you to do, of course, in a pool of people, uh, say if you're in a small town or uh, even within an organization, uh, allows you to differentiate uh, from other BAs. So, for example, um, I was doing some work last week. Uh, where there's a BA who's quite detail-focused, really getting onto solution mode. So I'd say they can do pure business analysis, but really trying to, you know, get into the tech stuff and solution side and, you know, configuration and getting some stuff done. Now, even though that person can do some uh, workshopping, uh, has has some great people skills, it might make sense for me to double-team on that. And so I'll do some of the higher-level business scoping I've got uh, some great relationships there. I can kind of draw up some stuff for that person. And then maybe they can run faster and get on with doing the next level of analysis, the detailed stuff and a bit of the implementation. And, you know, I just used the dirty word there. I just said implementation. And, you know, I'm a great believer that BA don't do implementation, but sometimes they do when they configure stuff. And that's okay. So by defining um, what, what I do, where I can add value, that person has now got a space they can do the things they enjoy. Uh, we can work together in the middle when we need to, and but they can run faster. And so it's almost put, putting people in a in a flexible box. And maybe that's an okay when it comes to business. So we are talking about your specialization. Are you a business intelligence, agile, for example? We're talking about your unique skills and insights. And what do you offer? Where have you got the experience? Um, I get rung up often uh, by recruitment agents around Dynamics 365. 
I've got a in terms of in terms of my experience in life, um, in terms of my work experience, I would say that you know, seventy five percent of it has been a BA, a pure BA, and the other twenty five percent has been a Dynamics three six five consultant. So I understand CRMs. I've implemented a number of systems. And when I say implemented, I mean, you know, literally done the requirements and architecture and the design and also the implementation. So it's something that I have as my backup skill. Um, I actually had a company, I still have a company, which does some consultancy in that space from time to time. Um, but I don't lean towards that. However, because I have that all over my LinkedIn profile, uh, I get called all the time about it. And people know, from my past know me. Uh, they know that I have those skills and, you know, they want to utilize them. And sometimes, you know, that is a um, an attractive offer. Um, it's quite a lot, of, you know, quite a lot more uh, to do some specialist um, implementation or design or architecture in that space versus maybe a BA rate. So, you know, um, I, I would say that one thing that limits my profile as a BA is the fact that I keep that in my back pocket. And so I'm not 100% clear about, you know, the fact that I've, I'm all on, uh, which is not the case at all, but, you know, I need to be, uh, I need to have a backup like, like most people. Um, when, when you define your niche and your value proposition, um, you need to do that. You need to do that now. Do it today. Take a piece of paper, blank piece of paper, pen, or do it on your computer if you like. But paper's always good for these exercises. Uh, just an A, A4. And write down what you think your top 10 skills are. Um, write down what you think your top 10 achievements have been at work. If you haven't had that many, just do, you know, up to 10 is what I'm trying to say here. Um, and if, and maybe write down what area you, you like to focus on when it comes to BA. And that's your brand. Start make sure your LinkedIn profile, your CV, which I would just generate from LinkedIn, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, reflects that. Uh, very clear. Um, that's your summary statement. Uh, maybe you could even use something like ChatGPT or something to take the keywords uh, at your annual CV and go write a bit of a summary statement. So you've got some wording. Don't use, don't copy and paste that. Use that as your base, but it might be able to articulate that quite nicely. I do that, um, being dyslexic, and then I change words to make more sense. Um, and maybe just paste it into your description on LinkedIn. Uh, also, make sure you've got a photo. Um, you are continually defining your value proposition in your niche as your career evolves. So it may be quite um, um, wider, maybe, when you're a junior BA, and it might get more specific as you get older. Uh, do the self-reflection. Do this. You should do a check-in maybe every six months, I would say. Maybe put it in your calendar. Research trends and make sure that what you do, if you do have some unique skills, um, they might not be a thing, a role right now that other people have. So when I was an enterprise BA in New Zealand, there was probably three of us really in the country at the time that were true enterprise BAs uh, working for large companies. Um, I was working for a petroleum kind of energy company at the time. And, you know, I was actually doing true enterprise business analysis. I uh, spoke about it at a few uh, BA events here in New Zealand. And, you know, um, but that role didn't even exist, you know, maybe a year before in New Zealand. It definitely exists in the States uh, and the UK. Maybe that, that, that kind of statement of putting those key skills, key passion areas, 
um, key kind of achievements, that's your elevator pitch, right? So that's what you're looking to do when you generate that kind of two paragraphs. Okay, so that's it. That's around defining your BA niche and value proposition. I hope that I hope that's clear. We're going to move on to the next one. The uh, and the re sorry and the reason that I've spent a little bit of extra time focusing on that is some people struggle with that point. So I've kind of gone quite deep on that one. The next one is optimize your LinkedIn profile. So once you've done your number one, once you know what your niche is and your value proposition, make sure that your uh, your LinkedIn profile, create one if you haven't got one, do it now, do it today, create your LinkedIn profile. Um, it's the way that you're discovered by recruitment agents. It's the way that you're discovered through potential employers. It's a great way to uh, connect to other knowledge uh, leaders out there. It's a great way to uh, stay connected with colleagues uh, from a business sense of uh, point of view and then, you know, for other opportunities to spread and for people to find out if you're uh, open to work or open to opportunity open to opportunities you need keywords you need a great headline and a summary you want to have your achievements with the impact so when you put your achievement in, go okay what was the impact metric there so i did the following thing and and, and please sorry side note please write down what you did don't go the team i know you're in a team but this is around what you contributed to the team so don't go, the team, or what were you doing? Don't lie on your CV, by the way. Put down what you did. You could say, I did this, and the team achieved this as a result. You could do that, that's fine. But what did you do? Have an engaging about section. You know, put your bit of your personality in there. Even though I've said, you know, maybe use a base script from, you know, an AI tool. Pump in your personality. If you're the sort of person that says, you know, awesome or mate the very new zealand terms to chuck that in there if you're someone who um always likes to greet your audience even virtually on your profile then greet your audience and say hey folks you know if you're someone that says howdy all the time and you know you know you live in texas and the us then put howdy in there you know make sure it, it lives and breathes who you are okay it's it's as much as you possibly can you want it to be real and authentic have visual presentation. A lot of people don't put their own work on there. If you've got work that isn't copyright or owned by a client or a customer, or you can black out those areas and you get permission, or if it's your own work, and if you don't have any of those former cases where you can present work that you've done for other people, then create your own examples. Chuck on there. If, if, if you had, if I, as a hiring person, if you had a presentation and you had your BPM and maps and you showed me some personas and you showed me um, some problem statements and maybe a, an example of a, a requirements traceability matrix that you'd put together, maybe those things or a PowerPoint presentation which encapsulates how you present, the, the, your hiring chances for me have gone from zero to like 80%. I'm just, you know, you, you've gone straight to 80%. Because I know what you do then. I can see styles. I can see ways. I can see communication styles. So for me, put a, upload a presentation. It doesn't matter if it's just your home demo project. Okay, do that. Uh, you need to keep it updated as you gain new skills and experience. Do the ones on LinkedIn. You know, do some certifications. Always keep your certifications up to date. Um, make sure that you are 
Um, you, if you're attending a, an event, which is around your profession, which I'm notorious at, I, I, I do it not often, um, then you should, you know, keep your, it's your business card too. LinkedIn's your business card. So you want to make sure it's up to date before you attend those events. And you want to make sure that it's definitely up to date before applying for jobs. Um, LinkedIn has some built-in optimization to, tools, including AI, so you can use those. Try and get feedback um, as like testimonials instead of written. No one has a written re reference these days. Uh, make sure that you are, if you're reading about something, maybe you could say, I'm re started reading about Lean Startup, for example. Uh, I would also um, encourage that you use the LinkedIn export function. Uh, you can go to PDF and you can edit um, to generate a live CV. So the formatting, you may say the formatting isn't great, what it, but it's got all the information you need. So I would use a top tip here is use LinkedIn as your CV generator, as you you know your live dynamic uh, data source, and you can always export from LinkedIn. You can always export that CV into a tool like Canva, or into you know convert it from if it's in PDF, convert it to Word, and you can edit it and make it pretty that way. But use try not. I would you'll save hours of time and your CV will be up to date if you use LinkedIn as your data source. So I highly recommend it. Okay, but we're moving on to number three. Number three is you, and this is this is when you might, this is not an age and an experience, okay? You can do this even if you're a junior, but it doesn't come as naturally to us who are, you know, in our 40s, okay? Uh, if you're in your 20s, this might become easier for you. But if you're in your 30s and 40s and, and you know, even later, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever age, and this doesn't come naturally to you, you need to learn about this. You need to get into this, okay? I know it's going to be hard. I find it difficult, uh, but I've got this podcast. This is a great example. And that number three tip is to become a content creator and thought leader, okay? Thought leadership can come with experience. But you can still be a thought leader in a niche area when you're straight out of university, okay? Or you, you know, you haven't even gone to university and you're deciding what to do after school. If you've spent time generating and 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 learning about a topic, then and you can articulately describe that topic quite easily in a summary form, people want to read that content. Okay, I do. If you know, if you're like at school or you're like and your first year of university, and you understand easily um, how there's some great AI uh, process modeling tools, I want to hear from you. You know, I want to hear about it. I'll like it on LinkedIn. I'll comment about it. I'll share it. So that's what we're talking about. Um, content creators create your own content, but even sharing content that's quality content uh, is important. And a note back to LinkedIn. Try not to, try not to, Get involved in uh, what I would suggest, uh, even if you are very much inclined to this area, don't use LinkedIn for political posts or, um, you know, social culture wars. I know it's important. I'm passionate about a lot of areas. I would say that no matter what you believe in, you could have someone at a potential employer's uh, point of view or your friends and colleagues that you've worked with who will uh, have a different point of view. And they may remove you and they may uh, not hire you as a result of the content you put on LinkedIn. For me, it's a professional platform. So if it's about work, 
you should put it on there. But if it's not about work, I wouldn't. I don't think it's a great idea. You know, if you want to write about that, go to a, your own blog or put it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Um, and actually, I've got a great story there. I was, had some applications for a BA role. And a guy applied and I did a quick test, you know, of what was his LinkedIn profile like, uh, what connections he had. And on there, he had a link to his uh, Twitter uh, account, uh, which was Twitter, now X. And his LinkedIn profile was very extreme in a view. Now, it, I didn't care what the view was, um, but what I did care about was that his full name, uh, details, and LinkedIn profile was linked from Twitter. And for me, if I was hiring a consultant as opposed to an internal BA, that that person is an extension of your brand. And this person, uh, I did interview this person, uh, and I did kind of bring up the conversation, uh, but not in a way. I didn't say, you know, if I hired you, would you remove your profile? I didn't want to interfere with their life. But I did ask, I said, look, have you got a social media presence that's uh, quite, and it was very... Uh, very well followed and you know quite a quite a part of this person's life and they said yep i do i call i said okay cool and do you think it's important that when you uh work for a consultancy like ours that your personal uh brand that's in your social media and linkedin profile you know is an extension of the brand of the company where you work for them and that person didn't think that was the case and so i knew that uh, they weren't going to change that. And, and literally, I couldn't hire a reputational risk. So that person didn't get the job as as a result of um, ha having such uh, active social media presence that would impact or at least um, rub off on the company I worked for. Uh, so you've got to just be really careful. And it all depends on the role. If you're an internal person, you know, at a government department, maybe that wouldn't be a problem. When you become a content creator and thought leader you want to the goal is to establish yourself as an expert in some area okay 10,000 hour is a good uh, Malcolm Gladwell quote you know something really well I know a lot of kids these days who've got 10,000 hours with computer games and I'll tell you what they're probably experts on it and they could probably talk about it how to make a great game you know <laughs> how to um, navigate uh, I don't know, virtual reality headsets. There's probably some top skills and um, transferable skills there too. Um, if you've played sports for a while, you can talk about, you know, talk about that. Uh, it doesn't actually have to be about business analysis. Um, just that's all I wanted to, to say. You could be an expert at team building uh, or playing within a team or um, working to solve problems. You're trying to, I guess, generate leads and attract potential clients, uh, employers, um, uh, other people that will make you stronger. I'm a great believer, even though I do not necessarily, haven't really advocated for this in my own life um, because I have high empathy. And when I meet someone and I uh, make a friendship with them, I will keep them around uh, no matter what their <laughs> situation is. Um, however, there is a, there is, this is, I do believe this, and it's quite true, that you are a product of your environment. So if you're hanging around with a whole lot of people that are kind of out of work, but down, uh, no desire to find a job, uh, and you're, I don't know, the only person in that group that's that's found jo a job, if you hang around with those people, 
that's not going to have a positive impact on your life necessarily, okay? You might enjoy their company. I'm not saying don't hang around with them, but what I'll say is true is the flip. If you are someone who's got a job and you're working hard and you're surrounded by experts in your field and you hang around with those experts, you will become better. Okay, so that is the same with sport. If you play against a team that's, if you play against the teams that are worse than you, you'll never get better as a team. You'll get slightly better. But if you play against teams that are much better than you, then you will get exponentially better um, as a result. So just think about that. Um, you can create blog posts, articles, you know, podcasts. Uh, you know, send a note to me if you're interested in being on the show, for example. Uh, videos, you can do whatever you like. Um, there's LinkedIn pages you can create for free. Medium is a really good place to post content. Uh, case studies, that's something that I would, it's a bit of a shout out, actually. Every BA who finishes a piece of work should, if they can, uh, or at least talk generally, create, um, publish a case study. That's a really great, great idea. So if you are someone who doesn't want to talk about a general topic, um, why don't you just write or publish a case study of what you just finished? Uh, you can do insights and perspective on interest, uh, like what's happening in the industry or trends and challenges, maybe. Uh, the New Zealand market, for example, where our economy is is going down the, going down the custard. Uh, it's not the right turn. Uh, you know, you get me. Uh, at the moment, uh, there looks like there's going to be uh, um, less growth. Uh, people are out of work at the moment. Uh, it's not it's not the greatest time, uh, especially in Wellington, where the new government is cutting public service jobs all over the place. So there's a bit of a nervousness. Property prices have kind of gone down. People are all a bit nervous. Now, and the cost of living has gone up. So it's actually a bit of a hard time for a lot, a lot of people out there at the moment. And so there are some challenges. So what can we do about it? Or what? Um, or just share that you've got a challenge. How else? You know, you could post, who else is feeling a little bit, you know, down at the moment around the economy? You know, is there any, you know, maybe bounce off. Uh, other ideas and maybe think about some support groups even if you're feeling down for example or you know what can you do that's positive um right now is it around um, learning learning is a great thing to do when the economy is in uh not in a good space relearning changing jobs is always a good uh, opportunity in the states during the economic crisis a few movies about this by the way uh, the um, financial crisis, the Wall Street crisis that then impacted housing market and all the rest of it. Uh, a lot of Americans or a lot of middle class Americans were out. So basically the people that pay tax, which are the middle class. And, you know, that's that made it even worse. And a lot of people struggled. Okay, they had mortgages, they lost their houses. It was terrible. And I know um, from researching it and uh, having some friends in the States at the time, a lot of people changed their career at that point. So they looked at, well, you know, there isn't demand for uh, building. So a lot of builders would go out and they moved to IT or they moved to another profession. Or they started to, instead of working for large houses, they started to do carpentry on smaller jobs. So um, when something like that happens, uh, you could either write it, write it out. But if you need income, then maybe if it's a longer term strategy, use it as a trigger to refocus your energy in another area. In terms of creating content and being a thought leader, um, you kind of need to do it in regular um, regular intervals uh, to, main to create momentum. 
However, I will just put a little bit of a asterisk there. Um, I try and put out a bit of content, but I'm always nervous that I'm over, um, you know, like I'm putting a lot of content out and people are like, oh no, another, another post by Ben. And so I'm a bit nervous about it. And I think I, I think I've got a good medium there. I noticed that the, I get a lot of engagement from people that I'm not friends with. And a lot of my close friends probably don't engage with my posts as much uh, because they see them so often. They're probably rolling their eyes a little bit. However, um, I think I've got a pretty good middle ground there. I do know a lot of people that launch a business and they post twice or three times a day and it can get spammy. So just be really careful that you're not spamming your friends and family because they're more likely to unfollow you if you are doing that. So the other thing I would say is that um, you need to just, yeah, you can um, focus on content that you're an expert on, um, post it on uh, LinkedIn and other forums, and you can collaborate with other BAs to kind of do a co-branded content. So I think that's something you could think about. uh, either you know a thought leader comes later a little bit but just start by creating content that you're really passionate about uh by the way if you've got a story and you want to tell it there is someone out there who wants to listen to it okay so don't hold back the other thing is really this is a bit of a hard one but it's number five and it's around engaging in strategic networking so again you might not feel comfortable with this but really, if people who are influential in your industry, um, I have some influence in the industry in, in New Zealand and a little bit overseas, um, building relationships who with those people who have influence um, just makes you better because they can help you. They can open new doors to opportunities and collaboration. Uh, I don't do this for money, this the podcast. Uh, I do it for the for the passion and to grow BAs. And yeah, I it provides some leads to our institute as well, which is always nice, but that again is, you know, covers its costs. I do it because I, I enjoy it. And and other people who listen enjoy it, which is, you know, the whole point. If you uh um connect with people who are open to it, you generally find that those people who provide content like I do are not doing it for the money, okay? They're they're doing it because they want to give back. And so they're probably the same kind of people who are um, open to helping you find work. Um, I had a message on LinkedIn. Actually, I've had quite a few, but I I distinctly um, remember a message I got just before Christmas, which was someone who had a recent immigrant to New Zealand who had a fantastic CV, like a literally mint CV. Ah, sorry, let me rephrase that. They had a really great CV, not formatted how I would have. So presentation was a problem. But in terms of their actual experience, uh, it was fantastic. So they needed to work on their branding, but their experience was fantastic. And they said, look, do you know of any jobs? And they'd they'd moved to the area I live in, in, in Wellington. And I said, look, I don't know of any job openings right now. I apologize. However, with your CV, contact these three companies. Now, I'm very conscious that I may get thousands of messages as a result, and I don't have all the time in the world, so I may not check them all, uh, but I would do my best to suggest that you do contact people that are influential, ideally in your own area, um, 
and you uh, post that you're looking for work. You can tag in, I'm more than happy, if, that, if you are looking for work uh, and you've got a great CV um, on your profile on LinkedIn, just do it that way, no paper one, tag in the Better Business uh, Analysis Institute on LinkedIn and we'll repost it. Uh, more than happy to do that. Okay, and again, I guess if there's thousands, I'll be there all day, uh, but I'll get one of my staff to do it. But, you know, like we're here to help people. Uh, and if you've got the skills, if you're able to present yourself, and I will say that um, our, our um, time, if we need to prioritize, it'll be on those who present well, uh, who clearly articulate their value proposition. We're more than happy to repost that. Uh, and we are thinking that we should probably add that to the Institute as a bit of a job market listing um, for those uh, who are verified through the Institute. So basically providing a bit of a test through the Institute to show that you do know what you're talking about and then uh, promoting you as a kind of accredited um, BA. Uh, so we are looking at that this year and I'll, I'll update you if we move with, forward with that. We're just talking about it at a board level. Okay, so when I talk about engage with strategic networking, that's kind of what I'm talking about. What can you do? You can... Join relevant LinkedIn groups and online communities. Do that. Uh, there's there's Meetup. Meetup's a really good um, place where you can meet people and talk about it. Go along to those. Um, they'll be in your city, your town, uh, your country. Uh, LinkedIn groups. Join good ones. Uh, you you know join those. I might create one as well. If if people are, if you message me and say there aren't any good BA groups or they're just spammy then I'll create one and I'll do it as a um, private membership so we don't get a uh, spam. I'm happy to do that. Connect with key players in your field around you, I would suggest. Start with that, but you can move to online. Uh, there are quite a few online discussions and um, and forums um, that you can join. Uh, join up to the Better Business Analysis Institute. Uh, we'll always keep you aware if we create a forum on our website. Uh, and the key reason why we haven't really created a forum, we do have a, a Discord channel that isn't really used. Uh, the reason why we haven't created a forum is just the spam problem. There's a lot of uh, tech that needs to go into reducing spam, and I don't want people to uh, be exposed or to create opportunities for spammers. Um, again, it's on our backlog of things to do. Attend industry events. Go to conferences. Conferences are fantastic. If your employees going to pay for you to go on a conference, usually about one to $2,000, go along. You've got no harm. Even if you think some of the talkers, or some of the points the talkers aren't that great, there will always be one that stands out. It's probably not the headliner. And you meet other BAs when you're there. So go along to all of those. Um, do it all the time. Do this, you know, maybe you draw up a diary and you aim to just hit four events in one year. You know, they may be free ones as well. If you've got no money, go along to the free ones work on the forum. There's, I'm not suggesting you need to spend a lot of money on this. Um, the other thing is just when you network, just be authentic. So again, if you say howdy, say howdy. And don't just, um, when you, it's, it's actually what I find really difficult, especially if it's a team of people that I don't know. I remember one distinctly last year, I went to a startup uh, networking event. I was nervous when I got there. I didn't know anyone. I stood around with my drink. I don't feel comfortable. I'm the opposite if I'm around people or in a comfortable environment. You know, you can't shut me up, as you can probably tell. But if I go to an event where I don't know anyone, man, I really have to push myself to introduce me to the other person who looks like 
that nervous about being there, which is probably the wrong person to talk to. Um, if you stand there or you just repeat people, you really need to add value to the conversation. Uh, don't just go, oh, yeah, I've done that. It's not, you're not trying to date the person. You're trying to add value. If you don't have anything to add, just maybe listen and say, that's a good story. Uh, if you've got some top tips or help or advice um, uh, in terms of how to do BA things, someone's got a problem online, you can always look online. A lot of people are posting how to do things. Post an answer to that or your suggestion. Doesn't have to be right. Remember, there's lots of different ways of solving problems. And follow up. When you meet someone, follow up new connections. Uh, when you go to like a conference or an event and add them on LinkedIn. That's pretty much your business card. So it's acceptable to do that. Okay, number five. Uh, just uh, We're going to go really short on this this one because we have touched on it quite a bit but it's around leveraging the linkedin features no i haven't uh, been sponsored by linkedin to put this podcast together it's just the best product we've got at the, the moment just like facebook was uh i also like reed hoffman who uh, created linkedin by the way top tip um but it's bought my microsoft now however um it does it is the great uh the the best option we've got at the moment is what i'm trying to say uh, you know, use it to use LinkedIn to increase your visibility and engagement. Allow you know you can share different content. There's the Pulse articles. You can do live sessions. You can create LinkedIn learning courses. So if you haven't, by the way, here's another top tip. If you've got a library card, by the way, for your local library, you can actually get LinkedIn learning for free. Just Google that. You can get it for free. It's linked to your local library account. And when uh, there was another product that LinkedIn purchased, the, the learning area was, I can't remember what it was called. I think it was lynda.com. I could be wrong. Um, and when, when lynda.com sold to LinkedIn, let's call it lynda.com, they agreed in the sale that all public uh libraries uh could provide free access to learning so i think that's still the case today um and so if you get a library card and you use your library your local library as a here's a good excuse to sign up uh you sign in for your details and you go to linkedin via the library page you usually see a link uh you can actually have free linkedin access now don't email me if it doesn't work or your library hasn't connected but it does work for i don't know at least 12 places here in New Zealand. So try it out. Um, yeah, create, create uh, valuable content. I think it's a good idea. And just try different ways of um, connecting with your audience. And again, just be yourself uh, and use LinkedIn uh, to drive traffic to your profile. Okay, I think that's the idea. So five is leveraging LinkedIn features. Um, six is around building relationships with what I would say uh, as influencers. So we talked about networking before, like going out and meeting lots of people. This is really around building relationships with uh, influencers as, as a whole. So I'm not a great uh, fan of connecting with people uh, just because they're popular. Uh, however, my sister uh, ran a successful business, uh, beauty business, um, and she was selling beauty products. The way to market for her, the, the channel that she needed to use was influencers. Uh, luckily, well, sorry, not luckily, but from my point of view, she was quite moralistic about the way she did it. 
she sent her product to people and if they liked it, only if they liked it, uh, would they then promote it and then maybe they would she would pay them for referrals. So that happens often, but a lot of people now, influencers will just promote anything regardless of if they think the product's good or not, just to get cash. Um, but that, you know, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing some shade there for a second before talking about how you can utilize influencers more effectively. I think what you should do is look, uh, search for BAs, uh, BA influencers online, uh, or look at the people that are prom uh, posting online often. I do do a bit and engage with their content. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. If you engage with those influencers' content, then your profile will be lifted. Um, it's just the way it happens. If you're if you're running comments, then other people are. They may comment on your comment. It just is a bit of a hack in terms of trying to get your view out there if you're riding the wave of their content, which is already at the top of the LinkedIn list, for example, or you know on uh, Facebook, for example, or Instagram or anything else. Number seven, we'll move quickly on from that, as you can see what my view is, but it's true. Uh, and please engage with the content we've got on the Better Business Analysis Institute. Um, again, um, more than happy for you to add value to any conversations we've got or post some topics on there. Number seven, showcase uh, your expertise through case studies. We talked about this before, but I want to be more specific here. We, I, What you want to do is you want to provide social proof that you work through a problem from beginning to end, and this is the case study. You go into detail, people are going to be interested in terms of how you solve that problem, and they're also going to be interested in what approach you took. And they're also going, you know, it describes uh, some of the projects you're on. And I, I did write down here successful projects, but I don't think it matters if your project was successful or not. I think people still want to hear about it. What were the problems that you experienced? You know, I think that's a really great idea. So showcase your expertise through case studies is number seven. We talked about a little bit, there are outside of LinkedIn, there are quite a lot of forums, uh, the IIBA forum, our website, for example, um, some other certification areas. You need to maybe just, if you don't have one, you could create one, by the way. It's quite easy to create a new a website these days or, you know, load up uh, BB forums on WordPress, for example, uh, and just actively participate in online communities to talk about it. Don't look at it as a marketing thing. Looking at it as an idea that you're answering questions. There are a few questions and answer websites, by the way, where BAs post. There's great ones for devs, but actually even those you can reply to sometimes. And um, there are other question and answer websites which you can go to and you can actually help uh, solve a problem. The people, BAs ask questions on those all the time. Uh, I don't generally get around to answering those, but I think I have done it from time to time. Number nine is to measure and adapt your strategy. So as we talked about all those things you can do um, in terms of updating your profile, in terms of posting content, in terms of showcasing your work, in terms of going on to online communities with a link back to your LinkedIn profile, in terms of uh, going out and leverage um meeting other people and networking and a strategic networking relationship in terms of uh, posting content and building relationships with influencers in terms of leveraging the features that LinkedIn has for example in terms of uh, putting out content about some area of anything that you're an expert in in terms of doing all those and being really clear about your niche and your value proposition if you do all those things 
watch the number of views that you've had on LinkedIn uh, today before you started and then afterwards. And tell me, let me know if those top tips have increased the amount of engagement you have. Okay, and so some things won't work and some things will work really well. But I believe that if you do those those things we've just talked about, um, then you can measure progress and you can also adapt. So that's obviously a BA tip. Uh, tip. And number 10, which I've touched on throughout this, is around staying authentic and transparent. Be genuine in your interactions, share your passions and perspective, keep away from politics, religion, and all those uh, topical areas uh, on LinkedIn that can cause a stir. Do it on Twitter. I'm not discouraging you from doing it under a pseudonym or something else that's not linked to your business profile. But if you do, you know, share your passions around BA and work and your perspective, uh, it helps build trust with your audience if you're genuine, right? Be straight up about what failed, what worked well, or what you did or in that project. Maybe you didn't do much, and that's okay. Maybe you just did one small area, but you did it really well. So stay authentic and transparent. Again, if you say howdy down the street, say howdy on your LinkedIn profile. The other final bonus tip I'll give you is consider joining uh, a BA professional organization, IBA, for example, or um, as, of course, I need to promote now, some self-promotion is the uh, Better Business Analysis Institute. Uh, join, our, join, join our institute, do a free course. The fact you've even done the introduction to business analysis course, which is 100% free and pretty simple for, for BAs who um, have got experience, uh, you've, you post that on, uh, on LinkedIn, then you know, you've done something. And if you really want to be certified and be known as a certified better business and, uh, analyst, then do our level one course. Uh, shout out to me if you want to get a discount. I'm more than happy to send you a discount. Uh, it barely covers its cost, but it's actually that level one course is intense. Uh, and if you can pass that course, then you can walk around and say, I'm a certified better business analyst. Okay, guys, that's it for today. I hope you learned something useful uh, today around 10 great tips for building your personal brand as a BA. And I'll see you next time.